0: The intention behind these calls is to give the community uh, an opportunity to uh, give the community and the ecosystem a platform to come together and hear directly from uh, from members from the ThorChain core team, members from Nine Realms and ThorSec on updates uh, that are happening at the protocol level inside ThorChain, and then also to give our ecosystem entrepreneurs and developers and founders a chance to share updates from their projects. So last week we had a Archon hosted a panel with uh, founders and members from uh, X defi Thor Wallet, and one other. I'm blanking on the, on the last part, right? I apologize. Um, but that that uh, recording just went live on Roombase.org, if anybody's interested in checking that out. Uh, and today, we'll be joined by uh, members from DeFi Spot, of course, Chad Bareford, and Orion. Who, Orion, if you can, if you're on your... Um, I think if you're on your iPhone, you'll be able to join. I'm just I'm sending you a speaker request now. I see you in the audience here, and with that, I think let me just make sure we're set to record. Orion, good to see you, sir. Uh, hi, everyone. How are you today, Mister Orion?
1: Uh, doing well, doing well. Yeah, thanks. Uh, thanks for uh, having me up, and uh, yeah, it's great to great to uh, see everyone, and looking forward to updating folks on on uh, the latest.
0: Awesome. And uh, and so with that, 10.06 here, I think uh, the time is right. Let's hop in. Um, I think a great place to to start is with just a super quick introduction to each of you and the, and the role that you're playing in ThorChain and the ecosystem. Um, might be redundant for some people on the call, but also might be informative for others. So, uh, Chad, do you want to start? Give it like a super uh, quick intro to, to who you are and, and your role in ThorChain.
2: Yeah, so uh, my name is Chad Bareford. Um I've been a part of the project since... Uh, very early on um my job up to the has been title has always been uh, technical lead in the project but i'm actually thinking about changing that title and it's like downgrading myself to like uh, just core dev just to keep it as flat as possible and and, and not uh you know i, I don't i don't want to have, have uh big titles or whatever
0: just just keep it simple keep it flat keep it uh you know and just say core dev awesome <laughs> appreciate that and uh you know in, in uh respect and homage to the uh, to the other members of the team how, how how many are there um like that would share the title core dev on doorchain the
2: ones that contribute to the actual core protocol most of the code is written by uh, two individuals the vast majority i'd say if you put those two individuals together you're talking about maybe 95 percent of the code probably is written by two individuals on the core protocol um we've had recently more contributors uh adding uh, in the last few months uh so it's probably number of total contributors has ever committed a line of code or more is probably a dozen or so, I think, off the top of my head. Uh, but most of the code written is
0: maintained by, by two people. That's, that's incredible, and, uh, and we appreciate your efforts there. Um, most of the core code is written by two. A dozen contributors have contributed at least a line of code. Um, and then, of course, our friends at Nine Realms, which is a great segue or introduction into our friend Orion. Uh, Orion, uh, super quick intro. Who are you? What's your role in, uh, in the ecosystem?
1: Yeah. Good morning, everyone. Um, yeah. So I, I play a supporting role at Nine Realms, of working with uh, the team and community and ecosystem in order to uh, help grow, uh, StoreChain and you know advocate for kind of broader um, needs that the ecosystem might have. Um, recently, I've been working with ecosystem projects in order to make sure that they have you know the resourcing. That they need, whether that's finding dev um, or uh, connecting them with other people in the ecosystem.
0: Absolutely, and we appreciate you in that capacity here at, at Thorguards. You introduced us to uh, legal counsel to help us navigate the kind of uh, some of the some of the legal and regulatory questions that we face as we bring you know Thorguards uh, to its potential. Uh, and you guys have done so much more for the entire ecosystem, from investment to uh, to now like really getting involved in the weeds with um, securing the network, hardening the network, uh, leading the Thorsec initiative, um, and really just uh, an all around amazing booster and uh, ecosystem champion. Um, so, so thank both of you. Look at this. We are joined by another surprise guest, uh, another friend of the project and member of Nine Realms, Pluto. Can you hear us? Yeah. Hey, hey guys. How, how's it going? Can you hear me? Loud and clear. Pluto, it's a pleasure to have you on board. I, I heard you just got set up with Twitter for this. Yeah.
3: Yeah. Just now signed up. I try to stay <laughs> off Twitter and uh, focus, on, focus on the
0: real issues. Awesome. Well, hopefully this doesn't uh, kickstart a, a bad habit or anything, but but uh, we appreciate you taking the initiative and, and for joining us on the call. Thank you. Absolutely, absolutely. Pleasure to be here. And uh, you know, we, we just um, just got you know done singing singing the praises of Nine Realms. We appreciate the work you guys are doing. Can you give us a bit of context on on your role in Nine Realms and, and what you're doing uh, with uh, inside Thorchain?
3: Yeah, I joined Nine Realms initially to provide infrastructure, cloud infrastructure, and Security. So essentially, if we needed to do multi-sig wallets across a bunch of chains um, for you know liquidity providing operations or other t- operations, um, that was initially going to be my role. And then as the as things escalated with the hacks, um, it kind of took on a new new role. And so along with some of the other folks at Nine Realms who are um, you know more cloud and infrastructure focused, uh, like Ursa and um, Aquila. Um, we basically started you know getting more and more deep into the node launcher and how the uh, the cloud topology works for um, um, thorchain nodes validator nodes and also um, we started looking into more of like the protocol itself um, and so um, the three of us uh, were were responsible for writing up the uh, the recent you know process uh, that was sent out uh, for validators to be able to for values to be able to resync after the recent consensus failure, so happy to take any questions about that. That was the result of some sleepless nights um, you know uh, missed missed out on had to miss out on meeting my girlfriend's parents for the first time, so that was a bit of a uh, you know just a just a just a stressful time and and you know really appreciate everyone for 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 you know all the kind words and also support um, throughout this process because. It was it was pretty it was pretty intense, but we're happy to have come out on the other side with a with a
0: functioning network now. Absolutely, and just want to um, acknowledge you for that uh, personal sacrifice that was made there. I think a lot of times, um, sometimes it, it can be obscured uh, when when we like as outsiders when we're looking in and we, we see that there's there's challenges with the network, but we forget that there's people on the ground there that are that are putting in uh, you know sweat sweat and energy and effort uh, and heart into uh, into making this thing work. Uh, so appreciate you for that. Uh, I guess a great, great place to start for this call is a uh, kind of a, a overview or timeline of events on uh, on what uh, kind of transpired over the last week. Um, you know, uh, it's uh, kind of a roller coaster ride of, uh, in the in the Thorchain ecosystem where you know after the network was halted uh, over the course of the summer, um, you know, two weeks ago we celebrated the um, the the uh, turning on of the the Ethereum chain, uh, the last chain to be uh, integrated or reintegrated. Um, and then uh, getting the network back up and running. Um, so uh, take us from there, uh, kind of the, what transpired uh, and you know, set the stage for this week. Um, I don't know ch- uh, if anybody wants to take that, Chad, maybe maybe if you want to give that a start, and then we can ask the Nine Realms team to add color.
2: Yeah, sure. So what, so the, what actually transpired was that the network um, got into a state where each individual node had a different idea of what the, what the truth was. Right, and this was caused by a bug in the code that um, of basically iterating over a list of things, but iterating over that list in different ways. Like some did it in this order and some did it in that order. And that in the end created a different yielding result of what the state of the chain is actually in. This particular bug was actually, I think if I'm not mistaken, inserted in the code like way back when, like this is like early, 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 early day, like before single chain cast not even launched, like this is way back when. Uh, it's, it's been sitting there for, for the whole time. And the reason why we never saw that on single-chain KISSnet is because we never deleted uh, pools. The pools would always like exist for, for forever, and we changed that behavior multi-chain because we wanted to you know purge uh, illiquid standby pools that are just sitting there doing nothing and, and costing to the network. And so those were deleted. And then so what ended up happening was the network tried to get information about a pool that didn't exist anymore, and it caused this kind of crash. So it's this, this kind of... Um, it's kind of a panic in a sense and so then all the different notes at a different state of like what the state it was okay that's a problem right that's why that's why we couldn't produce blocks anymore right so uh, myself and I think Pluto was there and a couple of people started looking into what the actual bug was which we I think we figured it out within an hour or two uh, and had a patch open I think I opened up a patch on it um, within a few hours after it was discovered um, and then the next part was now we figured out the, the actual bug in the patch that was kind of ended up being that was the easiest part in some sense. The next part is like, how do we unwind the network in a way that, you know, that undoes the last transaction, or the last, not transaction, but the last block. And so there's this new tool that, that the Cosmos uh, community uh, and the and the, dev, the Tenement community has been working on uh, called Rollback. And so basically, it's, it's perfect for the situation, it's designed for the situation, which, you know, is easy to get into and a lot of cost developers will probably agree with me on that and so it's designed to basically roll back the last block you know and then reprocess those transactions again to, to generate a new you know end result for that block but this new rollback function was relatively new it started it was contributed to the tenement um, side uh, about five weeks ago and people have been talking about adding the cosmos side of that of this thing um, for the last few weeks as well but nobody's actually built it. And so we used actually spend a good amount of time trying to trying to finish the, the building, this feature, and then contribute back to the Cosmos uh, ecosystem by doing so. Uh, and we did this, you know, in coordination with and help with and assistance with uh, some of the um, core developers over at the Cosmos team. We spent a good amount of time on it, uh, maybe it was like a, I don't know if it was 12, 12 hours or 20, 24 hours or something like this, trying to get an iteration that would work. and It was just, it was just not working. And the Cosmos development itself didn't really have a, a good sense of why it wasn't working. And it just seemed like it was, it was a much more complex uh, thing to solve than, than it seemed like at the beginning. So we just decided to time box it and not spend too much, you know, burning too much time on it. It seemed like it was going to be a, a bigger deal to, to finish than it initially appeared to be. So we decided to like kind of abandon this idea um let the cosmos developers finish it, that feature for, of cosmos and you know and, and get that done later at a later date and time so the next idea we, we were considering uh, was to do a resync which is what we finally uh, ended up doing so the resync is basically the same as rollback where you're going back one block resync is going back you know many blocks and so it, it just uh made it more easily uh viable to go back many blocks than just a single block as counterintuitive as that sounds. Uh, so that required a bunch of work uh, that, that Pluto and, and other members of the team um, worked on to figure out a way that we can resync sync uh, back to, from a, a snapshot of the individual nodes. might have their own snapshot. Nine Realms provided another snapshot you could use if you wanted to, or you could sync back from zero. Uh, if you wanted to do that, you could do that too. It's up to the, each individual node operator to decide how they wanted to do it. Um, but there's a lot of work around this because this has never been done before in Cosmos either. And so there was a lot of discovery work that needed to be done uh and again we work closely with the cosmos team to uh, understand the best way of going at this to to maintain reliability and all these kinds of things um it was a huge pain in the ass <laughs> it took many many hours uh but but uh, the individuals on the team figured out a way to, to do that and get it done um it ended up being um pretty easy once we once you knew the, the the right incantation to to kind of cast um then you can just resync everything and the notes come back up um but the problem he ran into after that point, which would, n- nobody saw, not even the Cosmos team, was that, that every attempt to make a block previously, while the chain was running days earlier, it was creating new attempts. And those attempts needed to be reattempted after you did the resync. Oh my gosh, right? So that's about 1,057 attempts that were made. And then each attempt that is made, the network delays 0.5 seconds, right? About half a second. And so the time that it takes to do that was just going to increase, increase, increase of every attempt that you would try it has a, a linear um, behavior to it going up and up and to the right. And so if you calculate it all out, it would have taken probably 75.6 hours, I think, or something like this, for the network to, to try all those iterations, all those 1,057 iterations from before, to retry them again, to fail, 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 and then we get to 10,058, which is like the new thing, and then that would have been good because everybody has the patch version of the, of the code and would have continued on just fine. But 75 hours is obviously a long period of time, which obviously you know, nobody wants to wait that, especially if you don't have to. So with this uh, process of trying to figure out different ways of doing that and different teams sprung out different separate teams that did separate approaches to how we could quicken that speed. And, if, and um, some individuals came up with the idea of just killing the, um, the right ahead log um, and then restarting the network and, and also changing the configuration from being um, 500 milliseconds per attempt to um, one millisecond. And that allowed the network to restart and then nodes to restart and then like Blow through those thousand fifty eight fifty seven attempts in a matter of like I think it's like seventeen minutes or something like this, if I remember correctly. So a lot made a lot faster, which is great. So once we get past those thousand fifty seven attempts, thousand fifty eight happened, and everything was great, and the network's now producing blocks, which is amazing, right? Um, and that's that segment of this story. And mind this say anything, Pluto or Orion, do you want anything about about missing any
3: step or uh, point? Uh, yeah, I would just add that you know at one point we weren't we were we were not very confident um, that you know that that right, right ahead log nuke was going to work, and there was other there was just other peculiarities you know this had never been done before in terms of like trying to resync a, a cosmos chain from from zero percent to like roll back a block, so uh, you know at one point we we're like well what what do we what do we do if we wait fifty five or seventy five hours and this doesn't work. Um, so you know during that time we were even exploring the possibility of doing a soft fork. Um, and I think that I think that you know the the important thing here is that you know we had different teams, uh, as Chad said, working on different options um, throughout the entire period. So you know we had different contingencies about what happens if you know if, if resync doesn't work after 55 hours, let's soft fork, but resync is the safest option. so that's what we're going to try first. Um, you know we're still going to continue to, invest in um, in disaster recovery exercises after this so we want to you know be regularly trying all three of these options and and help see through the development of that uh, cosmos t- and Tendermint native rollback feature we want to perform you know re often just to make sure that we can uh, do that and, and part of that might be um you know offering a snapshot service to help uh, other nodes bring up their full nodes quick more quickly um, and then also you know the software option that was something we were very 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 hesitant to do and maybe uh, Chad you can offer some more uh, insight as to like why that wasn't just the 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 first and most immediate thing that we tried when plenty of other Cosmos chains um e- like even Gaia the the Cosmos hub itself has hard forks so like you know maybe we can speak to what what our hesitancy was on that
2: well yeah so um so the only way that you can actually upgrade or change the code, but the old chain basically dies. Everybody stops committing new new blocks to it. Um, for us, we we, we actually can't, can't do a quote hard fork. It's actually not possible on Thorchain because you cannot hard fork the Bitcoin and the Ethereum and the Tether and all the other assets. They can't. Duplicate those on two different chains running simultaneously doesn't make any sense. So the only thing we can actually do is we call software, and that's how most chains actually do upgrades. The basically what that means is they everybody coordinates to say, okay, at block height, you know, eight hundred thousand, we're all going to halt the chain simultaneously at the very same block height, very same second, and then we're going to export the chain into a JSON file, some big JSON file. And then we're going to create a new chain, and we're going to import all that old data into the new chain and then start the new chain, you know, um, at block height one. Or sometimes you can do it from eight thousand and one if you want to Depends on how you configure it. But that's how they do software upgrades, right? And we actually, uh, in terms of the design, we kind of pushed against that idea, right? And the reason why that is is because... Uh, Gaia only does you know software updates like once every six months, once every nine months, something like this. So like you really can't uh, have fast turnover and and do bug patches, do changes, releases, these kind of things at a fast pace because so t- it requires a huge amount of coordination from everybody, all the node operators to coordinate together to halt everything at the same exact second and then everybody exports and then re-imports and then restarts and then everybody comes back up again. And everything that goes very smoothly, you'll probably take the chain offline for like, you know, half hour or an hour or something like that. And it just requires everybody to be online at the same time at the same second, which, you know, you can imagine, for a decentralized project where everybody's across the entire planet, finding a specific hour where everybody can do that is is a bit bit difficult. But to make things even more difficult from ThorChain's perspective is the amount of data that ThorChain has is actually a lot larger than every other chain, right, out there. Uh, the number of transactions per second that this, this chain has is like an order of magnitude larger than just about every other chain out there. Every other Cosmos chain. Maybe with the exception of like maybe Terra might be the exception to the rule. But uh, the amount of data that we have is huge and it cannot be exported in a JSON file because you'd have to put the entire state of everything into a JSON file, which means you have to put everything, like all of the state of the blockchain into like memory, which is like hundreds of gigabytes. <laughs> so you're not going to fit that in memory to be able to export a JSON file, let alone import it again, which would be very, very uh, time consuming and, and you'd have all sorts of failure scenarios and it would just be a calamity I think. Um, so, we've never done a soft fork before. Um, my personal th- hope is that we never have to do one. The only time we would actually would re- require to do one is if we have to migrate the data itself, like the structure of the data, which I don't think we'll ever need to do necessarily unless Cosmos makes some sort of uh, change again where they change from, like, their um, encoding, the JSON-based encoding system to their protobufs, newer system. But, like... I, I doubt we'll ever get there uh, personally, but there's an argument that some people make within the community that we should purge the chain and its data every six months or so, and just like start fresh, right? Um, that doesn't make sense to me personally, uh, but you know, people are, have different opinions on this. Uh, I think it's a blockchain, it should maintain all state. Um, by changing the state conditions and then forking everything and then dropping 90% of the data and expecting everything to come back up again, and not having any bugs is uh, being is very very um, rosy way of looking at it. I would say um, so. Uh, I personally don't like the idea of soft working. It's not a rec- we don't need to. Unlike every other chain in the in the ecosystem, um, it's a lot cleaner, faster, and simpler to just have people sync, uh, upgrade their individual nodes whenever they feel like it, asynchronously, and then the network just upgrades when it can without anybody needing to be coordinated. Um, and it's not a big deal. For, it's big deal for them because for a lot of their chains, like it, everybody knows everybody. Everybody knows who all the validators is. Like they, they literally have like brunch together. Yeah, <laughs> like docs nodes. Literally, they they they're all Doc nodes, and they literally sit down and have lunch together or whatever. And, and that's just like for us, we're just like that's a design that we don't want to have. We don't want the nodes to know each other. We don't want the nodes to to, to connect and talk and collude and do all these things. And if you create. You know, a, a chaos net node channel where a node, all node operators can just like, you know, dox themselves, that creates a whole new uh, series of um, security issues to be mindful of. So, we don't want to do this coordinated upgrade path. And so, we have spent a lot of time investing in creating an upgrade path that was uh, more difficult to code on the coding side, but it made a much cleaner way. For us to iterate and make patches and fixes and add new chains and add new features and do these things with like rapid speed mm-hmm. i think most people in our environment and our ecosystem probably are not even aware of like how painful it is and how slow it is to do like a patch mm-hmm. on another chain um for us it's a lot easier faster quicker and more uh reliant the way, we, the way we've designed it on this particular um
0: system yeah and I've, I've heard from uh from other friends at nine realms that this is uh just despite actually you know the, the community had a, a really kind of cool response to this and it, it hasn't been we haven't seen despite the challenges here you know any, any sort of negativity or fud as, as others pointed out, as me brains i think it was um but behind the hood uh you know we understand that you know some, some monumental work has been done over the last four days uh, and that, without the efforts of everyone jumping on in on this, you know, like this was a, a really strong team effort. so um, so you know, big uh, again, just acknowledgement and thank you guys for for the work that you've put in over the last week, and I know that there's been a lot of uh, you know Pluto, as you mentioned, that that personal sacrifice as well. Um, what? yeah, yeah, I think I think the important thing to to remember about that is that like
2: like this issue we just had, for example, it's just a bug like it's like yeah it's it's not it's a bad bug it caused the network to to, to, to halt which is not obviously not good but it's like fundamentally the code works fundamentally it actually delivers its promise of what it's trying mm-hmm. to do the <clears throat> fundamentals are identical they have not changed any of those incidents we had in the summer or this like you know this this bug we had like this week None of these things actually change, like the, the the fundamentals of the product of whether or not it's able to accomplish what it's able to accomplish. Mm. It's just like it's just ironing up the edges, like these kind of ironing up these uh, edge cases where some random situation kind of pops up and it causes an issue. Okay, we just patch that and move on, right? And just keep on doing that for as long as it fucking takes. I don't care. Like just, just keep on patching it and then. You, you'll get to a place of, of, you know, where it's exactly where we all think it can and will go to, which is, you know, delivering on cross-chain swaps in a completely reliable and decentralized way, which is like a critical hair on fire. We need to have this in the crypto space mm-hmm. kind of problem to solve. Yeah. Right. And so don't get distracted by it, like, oh, there's a bug. Like, who the fuck cares? Like, it's just we'll patch it. We'll move on. As long as it's not like funds lost, whatever the issue is, whatever the bug is, I really don't care. We'll just patch it and we'll move on and everything will be fine. As long as enough funds aren't lost, whatever, fix it, move on, and then keep on pumping blocks and, and, and doing
0: trades. 100%. And we're worth you all the way. Uh, what is the state of the network now? Uh, yesterday we celebrated uh, you know, just a, a great milestone uh, coming, out of this, com- coming out of it um, with uh, blocks being produced again. Uh, what is the state of the network today and, and what do we have to look forward to uh, over the next few days?
2: Yeah, I think the last components
0: that happen now is just
2: getting LP actions enabled, which I think is going to happen quite soon. Um, and then, yeah, that, that's it. For all we need to do for the part of this recovery.
0: Oh, awesome. So LP actions uh, will be will be turned back on soon. Uh, other actions on the network are, are online?
2: Yeah, I think everything else is online. Trading is enabled for everything. Uh, the only thing that's remaining is just enabling LP actions, which the only reason why that's not enabled now is just we're just waiting for the pools to be corrected, which I think they're... Um, corrected now I think so it should be happening probably
0: in the next you know hour or so awesome and then I'm, I'm curious uh if there's any um you know like if, if coming out of this if there's any uh, like a uh, change in process or procedures um that have evolved uh like lessons learned coming out of this
2: yeah I think uh I think we what we learned was that um we need to have more uh work done in terms of disaster recovery and I think we have that now and there's still more to do We're just not we're not done with that per se there's more work to be done around uh soft working for example just so we have that path if we need it you know just kind of put it on the shelf if we actually need it at some point um now that we know how to recover the chain in a in a uh, of failure situation if this were ever to happen again which i honestly don't think it would but if it ever did um we have we have the tools to to make it you know Pretty um, fast and easy to recover from, or at least
0: a lot faster this, than the this previous time. Awesome. And is there? You, you mentioned a tool that um, that was um, developed the, on the Cosmos side just five weeks ago, and it would allow uh, a Cosmos chains to roll back the network one block. Um, but for various reasons, that didn't that uh, didn't necessarily work out for Thorchain this time. Is there? Is that something that will likely be available in the future in case in case it's necessary, or or is there some sort of like fundamental kind of reason why that won't work for Thorchain?
2: No, I, I think it can work in the future. I think this—it was just too mm-hmm. early. Uh, that that feature is still being built and being worked on. It just hasn't been baked yet, you know. And I think the Cosmos and Tendermint team will 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 finish that feature, you know, as part of their um, part of their part of their layer. Um, I hope it'll be done pretty soon because this is like something every Cosmos team needs for sure. Like every. Like uh, I think he's even Osmosis was implementing this feature for themselves just like last week I think or two weeks ago whatever it was uh, just so they can easily roll back if they need to uh, in various scenarios. So it's definitely a, like a you know a feature that everybody needs, and I'm sure they'll they're going to work on it and get it done. And when if that comes, then Great we will probably just use that over the resyncing thing. It's a lot faster and quicker to recover uh, with a rollback than a resync for sure. Um, a lot cleaner too. So. We're just kind of always wait for them
0: for that team to finish the work on that feature, and then we'll you know suck it in. Awesome. Um, So I opened up to questions from the Thorchain Twitter. If anybody has questions, uh, check out at check out our Twitter feed here. Um, The most recent tweet uh, we can. You can just uh, drop questions in the comments below. Uh, I'm seeing a question that's come up here a couple times, but there was a, a tweet earlier a few weeks ago about a potential timeline to to mainnet, which would say by Christmas. Um, does is, is there any kind of effect on that timeline, um, or are we still on track for a Christmas mainnet launch? Uh,
2: yeah, so part of the requirements of, of, of mainnet was we want to have about a month worth of you know. Clean operation and all that kind of stuff. We wanted to finish some features, okay. um, launch a few chains. Um, I think like I think Terra was going to be a part of that. Pluto's then we're working on the Terra integration um, in a bunch of chains, uh, light nodes, uh, or they're called vault nodes. I think they're called now. Um, all that kind of stuff. Uh, Will that happen this side of Christmas? This side of the in twenty twenty one or or post twenty uh, twenty one uh, in twenty twenty two. Uh, I'm not quite sure, to be honest with you. Uh, it could go either way. I'm not really sure.
0: Cool. Well, we are here for it. Uh, whatever unfolds. Yeah, um, one, and
4: one thing connected to, this, to just chime in from the Nine Realms side too of like Chad's been doing a, just an amazing job. But on 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 the and on getting to mainnet. Sorry, I've got a, my daughter here and a phone in one hand. <laughs> <laughs> Spaces is great for that. Um, it's like the the work that's gone into this. Like Chad was saying, in terms of. <laughs> Just getting it to a place where things are just running smoothly and we're just knocking bugs out. Part of getting to mainnet is that sense of like just stability where we've got a a foundation where we just know that the basic functions of what we need to do to achieve what we all know can be done are just humming along and we're getting there. Um, So in terms of like mainnet, we're close, but there's like the amount of work that's gone into this, it will continue to go into it to just get this thing to a place where um, you know, these calls are going to be more about what's going on on top of this thing as we just start to hammer out all this, all this base level stuff. So anyways, to everybody who's listening, major thanks, um, for bearing with this, like we've been learning a lot of good things in this process. We've been improving it in terms of communication. I think that's been very clear. Um, but what's around for the next season is a lot of improvements. Um, so anyways, just major thanks to you guys. Yeah. One, one thing to just a note there is that
2: like, just because the, the the network takes a new label of mainnet doesn't necessarily mean that there are no bugs. Uh, I don't want to set that expectation because that's a little, uh, you know, we, no project in the world, including Bitcoin, you know, can offer no bug. You I mean Bitcoin had infinite mint bug in like 2018, like 10 years after it was mainnet. So like, you know, it's so like it's um, I don't want to set the expectation that there are going to be no bugs or, or issues post mainnet because, uh, there's a good chance that it will because code has bugs and it happens um, all the time, even on bitcoin but but I think the the intention behind the mainnet label at least in, in my view is just getting it the, the base the base number of functionality in terms of like we can add more chains, we can release the caps we can you know do all these kinds of things um, and, and and have the kind of the, the base functionality working that 's what I consider mainnet in my head. Um, And then after that, you know, we we still have to harden a bunch of the things and and, and we'll patch bugs as we find them, of course. And then we have more things we want to build, like in the DeFi space, like in the ThorFi features that we're always kind of thinking about in in the back of our brains and stuff. So we we want to continue to work on those things and deliver that. I think 2022 will hopefully be kind of the year of ThorFi, in a sense, and be just launching more and more um, protocols on top of ThorChain that, you know, will offer much more capabilities to to the larger community.
3: Yeah, the, the very next thing to look out for is going to be um, activation of the synths. And so we're going to be announcing soon um, on Testnet uh, what we're calling the Thor games, uh, which is essentially uh, wargaming out different scenarios, economic and code attacks that could occur on synths, and they'll be incentivized by various tiers of bounties from you know minor issues, UI issues, just re- reporting those, and helping us get ready for the release of this project, all the way up to the most critical bugs. You know, some of the economic bu- um, attack vectors that could, you know, put LP units at risk. So we're going to announce more about you know what the the, the criteria are for those and the process, as well as the the bounties, pretty soon. But expect to see that soon in the upcoming. You know, probably next week we'll start that um, that 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 war game process, and then after we've you know had that open for an ample amount of time and had Thorsec banging on it as well. Uh, we'll be ready to activate the synths as well. So, yeah, look out for that
0: as as kind of the next major update to the protocol. That's been a fun uh, initiative to kind of watch come to life here uh, in some of the chats that we're in. This kind of I think we call it like build, bang, ship process of you know kind of battle testing synths uh, in a in a test scenario here with help from the community, um, and so. The initiative, uh, yeah, I guess we'll, we'll stay tuned, uh, here on the 14 Twitter account and also from nine realms, uh, as that, as that initiative goes live. And that's an opportunity someone asked in the Twitter threads, like, or in the Twitter comments, what's a, some way, like, how can you get involved in the protocol and contribute with, if you're not an engineer? Um, and this would be a great, a great opportunity. Um, so stay tuned here on Twitter, uh, for updates on that, um, Gavin, th- that was an initiative that you, that I, I first heard from you. Uh, can you talk a little bit about the, the, the thinking there? Like what, what is um, kind of what, what's the the goal behind, I think kind of this open crowdsourced initiative to help, uh, yeah. you know, test things on testnet?
4: Well, it's like one, there's, there's no one person that's smarter than all of us. Right. And so we've got one of the strongest communities in, in the like broader crypto ecology and how do we actually pull on all the intelligence that's here? And so, I completely grok the idea of like sometimes it seems really opaque to have surface area to interact with Thorchain. If you're not an engineer, it's like, how do I actually contribute if I care? Um, and so that's kind of what we've been thinking about over the last you know little bit of time of like, all right, how we ship features because how, well how we ship features matters. It's not just like here's some code, here's a pull request, everybody check it out, test it on you know hit it on testnet and then we ship it. If you think about like a major a major layer one when they ship a large a large like a large feature. They get the community involved and so part of what we've been designing as is like what does it look like to ship major upgrades so something like synths well it's not just like a, a feature flag that goes off we need to game this thing out economically uh from and from a number of points and so part of part of uh just like improving the process of how you even build something like Thorchain um requires thought and so one of the evolutions here is kind of where thor games came from like pluto was saying pluto had a, a, a pluto and orion who are both on the call have had a, had a major hand in thinking through and designing this. Um, and the idea is that when there's something big, open up the surface area for the for anybody who wants to participate and really help try to game it. And so the idea being, all right, so if, if ThorChain is a, is a predominant layer one asset backbone, you have a lot of interfaces on top of it that expose these features. You know, you've got Broker, you've got ThorSwap, you've got a bunch of these folks who are, who are doing this. And so that's the touch point. And so in order to make sure that something is watertight and rock solid before you ship it, because um, we'll get better at doing that. You've got to then say, okay, well, let's loop those folks in. So because that's where you get your it's where you go to the faucet to make your synths or, or you know, it's just, you've got to have kind of this stack ready. And so then what emerged was just this idea of, well, let's, let's call it, you know, you usually call things war games when you like try to break it. So we've got, you know, Thor games. Thor games being the idea of now we've got a lot of like in the economic design channel and in the general channel of discord and in Thorchain's discord, there's a lot of great conversation that happens. Let's give these same people the bounties, economic incentive and structure to just go bang on some new features that Thorchain is going to be shipping. So that way it's not just like go read a bunch of go code. No, not going to happen instead. Here's, here's the parameters of the game. Here's how much you can make if you break it. And here's where you can go to start playing. And here's the court. Here's the people who are coordinating. So you have points of contact, because otherwise it's just it's too. Again, there's just no foothold to gain surface area. And to us, it matters to have anybody who wants to be involved to be involved. This isn't just a network for engineers to talk. You know, engineering nerdery. This is this is an ecosystem, and it's going to be a major layer one ecosystem. And so we start. Need, we need to start developing it as such. This, I think, is a major step in that direction. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
3: And can I just say, I, one of the things I love most about this network is, is the sequencing of how things can evolve. The, the, the PR for Synths was closed and merged into Thornode 10 months ago. And so, you know, part of our, 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 our role as guardians of this network is to ensure that the right features are being activated at the right times when it's appropriate for the ev- evolution of the project. I think that's something that's really unique to Thorchain is that we we can kind of sequence these things and the transparency of the the channels that we have, um the ThorChain Discord, um just really allow these things to be thought out and gamed out by many, many more people than a- any other project I can think of.
4: And so and also to follow up on that, for anybody who's on the call who actually like is interested in this, like this this stuff is pushing the edge of DeFi primitives and network primitives. And so if anybody is sitting there listening going, God, I'd like to like contribute. If there's not something that's shaped up where it's like, where you where you don't know, exactly know how to slot in but you want to, shit, just reach out on on Twitter, hit me up on Discord, hit any of us up on Discord, and we'll have a chat about like where do you want to plug in, how do you want to contribute, because that's it. It's like again, don't let the opacity of something that seems like this uh, be something that 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 effectively turns you off from contributing. Um, a lot of folks have shown up, and that's the thing is like people are showing up every week in an increasing rate. Um so anyways that's, this is kind of our, our attempt to just like put more structure around it to give everybody a, a you know a better shot at like at seeing what's coming down the line and and how to bang on it.
0: Love it. And it occurs to me that there's maybe some sort of parallel here between this initiative, this Thor Games initiative and Thorsec. Can can you talk about the role that Thorsec plays in testing new developments uh, on Thorchain and and um uh and then how that might sit alongside of Thor games.
4: Yeah. And anybody feel free to feel free to hop in here. I don't want to just like monopolize and and speak here, but with the, with the Thor sec, the, the arrangement is, is set up. It's like, again, picture any major tier one exchange. And they've got this security team that isn't focused on writing the infrastructure. What they're laser focused on is Mm -hmm. making sure that everything is They're They're testing everything that's being shipped. Right. And so those war games are already going on behind the scenes. Every, every PR that matters everything. And even, even for when there's not a PR that's up, they've, they've caught a couple of things and just, they surface them. So their job is the always on red team watching things. Cause it's like, you know, it's like, it's not Chad's job to be the best defensive coder in the world. He's not going to be no team ever has like, and on our side, it's like, we're not going to be the, uh, the, 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 always on security team. If we're helping build the network, you need, uh, kind of like to, to segment the functions in terms of where expertise goes, right? Offensive coders and defensive coders are sometimes not the same people. And so think of this as just a world-class defense team. So any amazing team has good offense and defense. These guys are the the defense. They're amazing. And we pl- they've already been plugged into the flow for the last several months, improving things. Um, But for something like uh, Thor games and Thor Sec, there's a natural overlap in the Venn diagram. It's pretty heavy, but that's already been going on just like as part of what they do is they just game things out. That's just their that's their jam. But what it also does, that's probably a little less obvious, is it provides a point of interaction for other security researchers where it's not just like so it's not like. It can be a little frustrating if you're an expert in your field and you come to talk with somebody and they're not speaking the same language or they don't know as much as you about something. What what Thorsec does for something like Thor Games or anything like this is it provides a world-class interface for people who are really sharp at what they do, who have want to talk about different exploit vectors, different issues and you can have meaningful dialogue that advances the state of the system or talks through a bug and it's not just kind of like dismissive and, you know, pedantic. Um, which is which is meaningful. We want to like be looping in some really good folks for contribution. So having
0: that interface matters. Awesome. Yeah. Thank you for that context. And and it's great to see. You know, in the wake of, uh, you know, everything that's transpired this year, all these initiatives that have uh, taken Thorchain from, you know, just kind of a, a scrappy upstart into a much more robust. Uh, not just protocol, but also processes around the protocol. so things like Thorsec, um, Thor games, and then also with the bug bounty programs that are you know launched in partnership with Immunify. Um, and all of these are just battle testing and hardening the network in in all these different ways from uh, making sure that every update um, and and every co- uh, piece of code is 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 kind of you know runs through the ringer with Thorsec and then making sure that from uh, you know, in a much more open way, like uh, through Thor Games, that these uh, you know the, the economics and everything of, Thor, of synthetics, for example, and, and their effect on uh, L, you know LP units in, in the pools is is battle tested, and and uh, these scenarios, which can't always be, you know, can't always account for all, every scenario, just in, you know, uh, in isolation or in a vacuum, uh, but actually opening that up to uh, you know some you know actual actual exercise with with actual users on a in a in a test kind of scenario, uh, all, all will serve to set the foundation for what we're looking to in, in 2022 and beyond uh, with Thorify. Um, thank you guys so much for providing this context and for all the work that you've done over the last week. Um, any, anything uh, else to add here about uh, about this, uh, this little chapter of ThorChain before we get into some ecosystem updates?
1: Uh, Ryan here, I'll just jump in and say the uh, response from the community was really uh, inspiring as well. Um, you know, there were various community members that stood up, uh, you know, websites and dashboards in order to help provide some visualization around the state of the network as we uh, were rolling out fixes, and uh, that was awesome to see.
0: Absolutely, um, and to that point, you know, we uh, spoke earlier this week with um, Flipside Crypto an introduction we had through. Through you guys at Nine Realms uh, for the Rune based podcast, and we'll be publishing that next week. And Flipside Crypto is an- another example of the Thorchain ecosystem growing and and um, and becoming more mature, where uh, they help uh, analysts and uh, data scientists just kind of like give uh, give them a platform to uh, visualize data um, coming from l ones like like Thorchain, um, and uh, and so more to come on that. Plut um, Chad.
2: There's, a, there's one thing that's actually coming up that's that actually really interesting that we haven't spoken about this publicly, I don't think, very much. And um, uh, Gavin, you're welcome to, to chime in and, and uh, talk about it more than I – because you're probably more uh, aligned with it or been in, in the weeds with it than I have. But um, some of the um, kind of mathematicians in the community have been working on a new kind of uh, equation, so to speak, that um, allows a network to analyze its economic behavior – to figure out if something is amiss, so we put these like blanket protections on the network uh, for like solvency checks, for example, and outbound um, outbound uh, transactions to make sure there's nothing uh, you know weird happening or or out, outside the ordinary. And so now we have this new equation that we're looking into that actually can help us determine if um, if the network is you know you know uh, economically not behaving the way it should either, right? By uh, this through maybe impermanent uh, loss protection, you know, for example, would be a good way to to manipulate and this this equation can actually let us know if something awry is happening it's really quite fascinating
4: actually
2: yeah i I don't know if you want to you want to
4: totally and orion orion has been leading the charge on a lot of this stuff so feel free to hop in but like uh another like call out to the community we're going to be applying more formalism to the system so that we can create other other types of state checks to check that, that things are accurate And so what Chad's describing there is kind of the first of this. It was pretty organic in how it emerged, but some of the folks that are working on some of the middleware are really good about applying this type of rigor to a system. And so we're going to start leaning more into that. So that way we have just different types of checks and balances within the network itself. So you're not just relying on unit tests, things like that. But um, anyways, if any of you guys are more or anybody, literally anybody's a little bit more mathematically uh, oriented and this is of interest again, feel free to reach out and we'll figure out how to plug you in because this is another another part of the network's development that's just kind of starting to open up.
1: Yeah, I'll uh, hop in here to add a little color. Um, so the metric that uh, Chad is referring to is called a LUVI or Liquidity Unit Value Index. And um, the gist of it is that we're able to kind of decompose the yield of a pool in order to look at what portion is coming from... Um, kind of price changes of, of the underlying assets versus the, uh, block rewards and fees. Um, and the, uh, the short story is that we would expect that, uh, a pool's uh, Louie index will always be increasing. So if there's any situation where it decreases, then there's a, a problem and the pool is losing value. Um, so I've set up alerting around this and, uh, I'll put together a blog post to explain uh, the logic a- around it as well, and share that with the broader community. Um, but it's an exciting, an exciting place to be because we can start to apply the, uh, some more rigor to the whole process and be able to um, alert on uh, behavior that is abnormal. Uh,
0: thank you for that update, and that's, it's great to hear some of the things and the tools that are being built. Uh, kind of. Uh, behind the curtain, so to speak, these are things that uh, you know we on the outside don't necessarily have uh, perspective on. Uh, until sometimes they, they make their way above water. If, if you're if people are paying close attention in the dev discords, or uh, you know maybe things get revealed here on Twitter. Um, but it's great to hear that, and and um, and also you know this platform, this these weekly calls are another just a great. A great way for this information to get disseminated across the community. Uh, I think it's a great continuation of the transparency that I think the entire community has appreciated from Thorchain from the early days. You know, with the weekly uh, dev updates on Medium. Um, you know, the very transparent, open communications uh, in Discord and on Twitter, um, and then now here through uh, through this weekly live stream. So, um, Chad. Gavin, Orion, Pluto. Thank you guys all so much again for uh, for the, the work you put in—not just this week, but you know for the months and, and years before, and, and weeks, months, and years to come uh, as we you know chart out our journey to Valhalla together. Um, thank you all, and uh, and we deeply appreciate you. Um, with that, uh, we'll transition real quick to a to a, a quick spotlight on on some of the ecosystem updates that have happened here over the past week. Um, and uh with that we're we're joined by DeFi Spot. I think do we have a uh, Oscar or Rune Dgen who uh <laughs>
5: Yeah, it's Rune Rune Dgen. Uh, it's on air.
0: So Dgen, thank you, you for joining. Um what is going on in DeFi Spot's world? What's the latest?
5: Yeah, so now we are and um, thank you for the introduction there. Um yeah, so now we are yeah, working on a platform trying to to get it ready for December 1st, which is the Original launch date. Um, they, you know, it's obviously been some some troubles with the with halted the network for the last week, uh, so the devs might be might be a little bit delayed on some parts. But we are still sticking to the plan, so we will update if it, if anything happens there. If if we won't be able to execute all teachers until first December, so or December first. So yeah, that's in that's what's going on right now on the platform. Um, so the prototype is getting, yeah, finished up, and we will be able to to share some some sneak peeks of the of the newest design and what's going to be launching on on the
0: version one. Very exciting! And for anybody that's unfamiliar, could you give a offer a quick elevator pitch on on what is Thor Swap and or sorry, what is a DeFi Spot and what it brings unique to other uh, interfaces in the ecosystem like Thor Swap and others? Yeah, sure.
5: Uh, yeah, so yeah, DefiSpot is a we are a multi-chain text and we built built on on Thorchain. And so and what's like our mission here is to try to remove the larger barriers for for newcomers to try DeFi and especially Thorchain, because our real mission in here is to onboard the masses from basically all exchanges. Actually, we will start out in the in the DeFi space and actually started moving on to the centralized exchanges um, and get them over to 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 so but in order to make that possible we figure that like we need to remove um, most of the barriers and you know, all like existing barriers like a you know um, lack of overview perhaps and, and functions and which might be hard to execute in order if you're not experienced with DeFi from before. So yeah, that that's our main goal there, and how we're going to do that is to, yeah, actually, basically creating a simple and easy to use interface. Uh, it's looking a lot like the functions that you're basically using on Coinbase in order to like convert or or swap and and yeah, obviously the the liquidity is provided by its own users through the Thorchain uh, protocol, and um, yeah, so so it will basically be the like we like to say that we we will be the first first ever uh, decentralized exchange working in a traditional manner in terms of what people are used to from centralized exchanges and how to to use this uh, yeah to use use the platform in order to trade and also of course provide liquidity and and do that with a better overview and what they're used to so in, mm-hmm. which will actually remove most barriers in order to try out the DeFi space and and start doing that instead of, yeah,
0: jumping around on the on the centralized exchanges. Yeah. And I think one of the things that the community is most excited about with DeFi Spot is just some of the, the teasers that you've released with your user interface. I mean, the simplicity really comes through. When it comes to mass adoption, I think the two things that are kind of standing in the way of, of uh, bringing onboarding more and more normies into decentralized finance and, and uh and decentralized exchanges is on one hand user interface and then on the other on the other side education and those are both things that DeFi Spot has plans for so um, can you talk a bit about the education that you guys have planned and, and the initiatives that you have in that department? Yeah sure so on the platform
5: it will be an own section on actually a learn section where you will be able to to learn how to provide like yeah everything from how to 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 swap decentralized and um, how to to um, provide liquidity so so we will we will do a lot of like videos and uh, like explanation videos and of course a lot of good content from from lpu um, we're also partnering up with Kryptonary there now uh, or, and of course RuneBase. so so we will be we will be having a lot of great competence there in order to to yeah remove these barriers and actually educate the the users before they jumping into to the DeFi world and, and try out swapping, liquidity providing, and all of the, the products that Torching can provide. Because like, and this is the only, like w- we've been trying to to do this for a while. Like w- we've been testing out a lot of decentralized exchanges and we have also had this dream that like, how would this be, how, it, uh, how would it, would it be able to to actually like being used with with the traditional manner, like and Torchain is the only way to make this possible because it's cross chain, right? And you won't be you won't need to to wrap like coins and or bridge anything. You will just everything will go smoothly on the back end there, thanks to Torchain. And we will, and the user won't mainly like even even know they're using Torchain because yeah, and that's also one of the reasons why we are neutrally branded, because, you know, we, we really love TorChain ecosystem and everything that's Torchchain branded. But we we figured that we need something in addition to that through the, the neutral branded so we can onboard the non-biased users as
0: well from every chain and every other exchange and communities. Awesome. Well, we uh, appreciate your efforts. We're looking forward to December 1st. And uh, we'll look, and we uh, yeah, we're looking forward to partnering with you across both RuneBase and, and Thorguards. We have some fun things in the works as well. Um, oh, yeah, so yeah, so so thank you, D-Gen, uh, for the update. Um, and just I guess real quick, uh, kind of bullet point updates here for everybody else, or for other parts of the ecosystem, uh, while we wrap up here. Um, XdeFi concluded the uh, the uh, sushi miso stage of their of their token sale and auction, and they are now live. Uh, and trading on Sushi SushiSwap. Um, and they have uh, some incredible yields available for their um, XdFi token and, and Ethereum or wrapped ETH uh, pools uh, with 1,000% APY when I checked this morning and, and entered the pool myself. So um, you can check out our friends at XdFi.io X-DeFi, uh, to learn more about that. Um, and... Uh, also, uh, Thor Guards, our NFT project for the Fortune ecosystem, we completed our mint last week. Uh, did our reveal last Friday, and the response uh, in the days and, and the the weeks since has been absolutely incredible. Um, and so, shout out to all the Thor Guards out there. We um, successfully sold out our public sale in 15 minutes after um, you know four days of of whitelist and and uh, raffle winner sales, raised uh, 736 ETH, and then have traded. Almost 700 ETH uh, on secondaries on OpenSea, um, and uh, and just seeing it's just uh, been an incredibly fun and exciting project to, to watch come to life. Um, we are in the final, I think, like 20 minutes of our uh, Fat Thor auction so the treasury uh accidentally no intention of ours minted uh, a number of the ultra rare fat thors uh, and that was not our intention And so we wanted to just find a way to give them away to the community uh in fun ways so we're going to be giving away two for free to the community through different uh means over the next couple weeks but uh today wrapping up now we have a one-of-one ultra rare fat thor Uh, And we'll be giving away 100% of the the proceeds to different charities. Um, And so the bid, the highest bid right now sits at 10.5 ETH. uh, And this auction wraps up in 18 minutes here. So you can check that out, the pinned tweet on uh, our ThorGuard's Twitter. Um, And uh, with that, thank you everybody so much. That that concludes this week's ThorChain weekly live stream. Um, big thank you to our friends at Nine Realms and to Chad from the ThorChain team again for all the work that you've been doing and, uh, and for joining us, taking the time to, uh, to chat with us here today also uh, D-Gen from, from DeFi Spot um, thank you all uh, and uh, have a great weekend ahead and we'll see you next week uh, for the Eastern Hemisphere weekly live stream take care y'all thanks right. thanks
2: guys